Joining us here for the news briefing is Son Ji-yoon. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. All right, Ji-yoon. So let's talk about COVID-19. Uh, we, I just mentioned the uh, vaccination schedules that are taking place. Overall, uh, if you just look at the numbers, it feels like a bit of a roller coaster ride. You think you're mm-hmm. getting down to the low 500s, and then all of a sudden another jump back up to <laughs> 700. Um, there is this sort of kind of uh, yo-yo effect going on. However, uh, what you're finding, June, is that overall health authorities believe that the coronavirus is somewhat slowing down. Yes. So looking at the numbers alone, they still go up and down, Mm -hmm. like you said, by day. But it seems like it's slowing down in general. Now, we'd have to wait for the weekday numbers since daily caseloads tend tend to go down over the weekend as less people take COVID tests during the weekends. Uh, But yesterday, the country reported 564 cases, making the total 127,309. Another unusually high number of death reported yesterday, though. Uh, The country saw nine more deaths yesterday, and the death toll now stands at 1,874. Now, of the 564 newly reported cases yesterday, 522 were locally transmitted cases, while 42 were imported cases, which is also an unusually high number given the latest trend. Um, As you'd probably guess, Seoul, Gyeonggi, and Incheon accounted for more than half of the daily caseload, each reporting 195, 149, and 11 respectively. Things have quieted down a bit in the southern part of the country, but we would still have to pay attention to the south of Gyeongsang region as it reported 30 cases. In fact, the past two weeks were designated as a special quarantine week or period by the government as uh, numbers continue to rise at an alarming pace. Health authorities, however, decided not to extend this special quarantine period and said there is an overall downward trend in the number of daily confirmed cases. Acting Prime Minister Hong Nam-gi urged both health authorities and the public at the KDCA briefing yesterday to spare no effort in trying to bring down the number of daily caseload to below 500 as if every week is a special quarantine week. He also urged health authorities to move towards a so-called smart quarantine system in line with the inoculation efforts to maximize the effects of the quarantine while minimizing the costs. The uh, day is May 10th, and so what we have seen is a pretty kind of uh, substantial period of time that has passed since the uh, the May 5th Children's Day holidays. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons why we had this two-week uh, designation mm-hmm. was uh, keeping in mind that uh, during these holiday periods, especially in the month of May, which is known as Family Week, uh, there are going to be a lot of activities mm-hmm. that are set, despite sort of the restrictions of movement. And we have seen maybe a slight spike in the numbers right immediately after the Children's Day holiday. But uh, as you are saying, uh, they believe that the numbers have been stabilizing and that is why they are not going to be extending Mm -hmm. that special quarantine period. That being said, uh, they are certainly still being vigilant. And it's interesting that we have gone to now a new threshold of what's considered acceptable. I believe when we were at like 100 cases, whenever it jumped over 100, we were all freaking out and say, oh, my gosh, 100 cases. How are we going to handle this? Uh, It does look like that was a very um, Mm -hmm. uh, happy time in our uh, pandemic history. And so uh, getting it to below 500 seems to be the goal right now. But overall, again, 
as we were mentioning in the opening, the uh, the big Uh, ambition will be to get the entire country vaccinated. And speaking of which, um, we are going to be talking about perhaps some of the positive economic ripple effects Mm -hmm. of getting the country vaccinated. Um, The FKI, the Federation of Korean Industries, uh, did a uh, pun intended temperature check Mm -hmm. to see uh, what people think of vaccines in general and how uh, they perceive um, the benefits of this. And there were some interesting results. Yes. According to a survey commissioned by the Federation of Korean Industries and conducted by Mono Research on 838 adults nationwide from 23rd to 26th of April, 67.4% of the respondents believe that using vaccine passport, which basically proves a person has been fully vaccinated against the novel coronavirus, will help vitalize the Korean economy. When asked which factors matter the most in adopting the vaccine passport, 62% answered that the country's vaccination rate is the key to initiating the use of vaccine passports. 43.5% answered that the passport, if adopted, should be given to businessmen first who are prone to go on overseas business trips, uh, followed by public officials for international affairs with 24.1%. While health authorities target this November for herd immunity, 60% 0.8% of the respondents answered it will take probably more than a year as they predicted the second half of the next year. 29.3% predicted it will only be achieved after 2023. According to the survey, the respondents rated the current health authority's vaccine supply scheme at 55.3 points out of 100. So there seems to be uh, some rooms for improvement there. Yeah, and so there, this is... Again, as you say, a, a temperature check or basically a snapshot of how mm-hmm. people feel about the situation right now. Overall, uh, the sense seems to be if we can get a, a pretty sizable percentage of the people vaccinated, things um, look positive to, to most people. And what they're saying mm-hmm. is that the vaccine passport, which allows free uh, flow of travel for people um, who need to travel, like the businessmen that they're talking about or public officials for diplomacy. But if they, even for the average Joes like you and I, um, once you have uh, something like a vaccine passport and that's implemented internationally, it really gives you a sense of how globalized the world and how interconnected we are because this mm-hmm. whole disruption of the pandemic really brought everything to a standstill and it made you realize how much we take for granted just the simple mm-hmm. ability to be able to yes. travel and it's not just about businessmen going overseas and striking business deals it's also inbound tourists who if they have a vaccine passport and they're considered to be mm-hmm. safe then they can come in and they can enjoy korea and and sightseeing that brings tourism dollars and mm-hmm. someone like jiun can maybe go to big island and in hawaii and it's um, been so and, long. and right and, and try to uh, plant um, kona coffee beans and and I'd have all this to. fun right <laughs> i mean this is something we all want to do and we yes. all want to see we got to get there and Uh, It looks like uh, maybe the slightly pessimistic aspect of it is that people don't think this is going to happen by the end Mm -hmm. of 2021, but maybe we're looking in the horizon of Mm -hmm. 2022 and 2023. So interesting results, as you say. Again, we have to give that old cliche about the grass is uh, greener on the other side. Maybe not exactly the case when it comes to COVID-19. We are all worried here and we Mm -hmm. talk about the vaccines and the supplies and and maybe the media kind of fans the flames a little bit with fear mongering and talking about how bad uh, Korea's situation is. We have to keep things in perspective and look at how uh, other people are facing this, especially in India, where I think uh, all around the world, people's hearts are breaking as Mm -hmm. uh, to seeing what the tragic uh, 
case of the vaccine being allowed to run, uh, the virus being allowed to run uh, rampant can do in terms of devastation. India now suffering from an increasing number of potentially fatal fungal infections, and that's affecting COVID-19 patients uh, who have maybe felt a little bit of optimism because they just recently recovered from the disease, but they're still vulnerable, especially their lungs, and this is Mm -hmm. really devastating. How bad are things right now? It seems pretty bad. The condition is known as mucormycosis, and it has a high mortality rate. Uh, The disease was already there before the pandemic, but it's cropping up among COVID patients whose immune system is at its worst and who have underlying conditions, particularly diabetes. Now, Some experts believe the fungal infection is caused by an increased use of steroids as people struggle to fight coronavirus. Experts also believe that it may be attributed to self-medication. Following the second wave of the pandemic in India, hospitals are overpopulated. And many families are self-medicating themselves and are applying oxygen therapy at home without proper hygiene. Uh, Dr. Kalpesh Patel, associate professor in the ear, nose and throat ward of BJ Medical College, told ANI News on Saturday local time that around 67 patients are being treated for the condition in the ENT ward alone and that there are five to seven related operations daily. According to to PTI News, around 200 patients who had recovered from COVID were being treated for mucormycosis in the western state of Maharashtra and that eight of them had died. Uh, The symptoms of the infection include nosebleed, skin darkening and swelling, especially around the eyes, and the fatality rate can go up as high as 50%. Uh, The disease is treatable, though. Patients can be treated to a certain extent uh, when they receive antifungal IV injection for eight weeks. The sad part is, though, that patients often find out about this condition too late and that it's already too late by the time they come into the hospital. In fact, Dr. Akshay Nar, a Mumbai-based eye surgeon, said he treated 40 patients with the condition last month alone, and for 11 of them, he had to remove their eyes. Wow. And so it's Uh, an outbreak that would be serious in any other case, but because of this pandemic has even uh, exacerbated the situation more, especially with this uh, vulnerable Mm -hmm. population of people suffering from COVID-19. We've already seen hospital beds basically uh, full at capacity, not enough um, oxygen tanks, uh, not enough um, ventilators, and so um, the the casualties have just been mounting, just growing and growing and growing, which is why there is now a call for the international community especially the United States, because of the fact that they do have some excess supply and because Mm -hmm. many of the major pharmaceutical companies uh, and the manufacturers of these uh, vital vaccines are there with their intellectual property rights. So the call is to have some kind of moratorium, at least to exempt uh, from this kind of temporary period to have Mm -hmm. vaccine production be ramped up uh, with IP to allow other firms to really kind of generate and, and produce more of these vaccines that everybody needs, including us here in Korea. So, um, uh, again, very much highlighting the fact that we are still uh, a long ways to go before we're out of the woods yet with Mm -hmm. COVID-19. Let's turn back to Korea, uh, get an update on these confirmation hearings uh, for the um, cabinet nominees. Here, uh, the reports on these nominees is due today. What we are expecting is that the main opposition People Power Party, uh, they will try to refuse and try to, um, I I guess, essentially kill off three of the Mm -hmm. uh, candidate nominees. 
and uh, try to stymie the, the ruling party from pushing forward with these confirmations. Yes. Uh, the nominees in question are Science Minister nominee Im Hae-suk, Oceans Minister nominee Park Jun-young, and Land Minister nominee Noi Hyung-uk. Uh, the ruling party has till today to submit the reports, and thus the party met with the government and the presidential office last night to discuss their thoughts on the three candidates. Uh, the party doesn't have much time since President Moon is scheduled to throw a special press, press briefing to mark his fourth year anniversary in the office later today, um, and the ruling party would have to come up with some sort of decision by then. It can't just bulldoze the National Assembly this time because there are a number of issues that require support from the main opposition party. For instance, there's the adaptation of uh, adoption of a confirmation hearing report on Prime Minister nominee Kim Bugyam and the confirmation hearing on the Prosecutor General nominee Kim Osu. So to a certain extent, the party would have to kind of give in. Um, this is why the new party chief Song Young-gil has reportedly been doing a temperature check within the party and the public before making any decision, and some believe that he may request the presidential office to withdraw nomination for one or two of the nominees in question to meet halfway with the main opposition. So you make a good point here, because um, in the recent past, what we have seen is that because the is situation so polarized in the National Assembly, the opposition generally has just not approved any of these nominees. Mm-hmm. So there's been a pattern now that regardless of whatever the legitimate complaint about the nominees, the opposition is just not going to approve it. But then the ruling party has just been able to send the confirmation uh, notice to the president. The president has been able to yes. um, um, basically sign off on the nomination. The problem this time around is the fact that one of the nominees, the prime minister nominee, does have to be confirmed Mm -hmm. by the National Assembly, which then gives a little bit of leverage for the opposition because they can essentially say, well, you guys can pass everybody through. However, you're you're not going to get Kim Bugyam to be your prime minister if you guys do not kind of adhere to Mm -hmm. our demands. And therefore, there is this bargaining chip going on. Song Yong-gil, I guess, is trying to find this middle way, as you're saying, maybe meet them halfway, maybe have one or two of the nominees mm-hmm. uh, be casualties in all of this. And that really is sort of the main goal for the opposition is to put another dent into the Moon administration to show, say, hey, see, these guys, they can't even nominate proper nominees. Mm-hmm. And look, we, we killed off one of the nominees. And so um, we're doing our job. But at the same time, um, we're also showing that the government is um, not doing their job by uh, mm-hmm. nominating proper candidates. So that's the political game at play here. If both sides are negotiating good faith, you can find a, an agreement. The question is, are, is there going to be a good faith negotiation on this? That's what we'll have to find out with this uh, report mm-hmm. coming out. Again, the reason why things are so tense and the reason why there does seem to be uh, zero compromise uh, being made is that we are about one year left until the big presidential elections. And uh, things have certainly heated up as far as the potential candidates are going. One thing is clear is although maybe you can argue that the opposition side has the advantage right now in terms of maybe trying to get this uh, referendum on the public and maybe have a a strong contender like Yoon Seok-yeol, it is clear that the ruling party side has a lot more potential candidates mm-hmm. at play here. There are a lot of people considering to be running, uh, not just the front runner Lee Jae Myung, 
and these a uh, number of um I guess you're putting here the quote hidden dragons have thrown their mm-hmm. hats into the ring. Yes, uh, the main game is thought to be among Gyeonggi Governor Lee Jae-myung, former party chief Lee Nak-yeon, and former Prime Minister Chung Se-kyun, but the underdogs have gnashed their teeth this time. The ruling DP is expected to cut off less competitive candidates and only keep six of the main pre-election candidates uh, by the end of next month, and these underdogs are aiming to make it through this first cut off. Now, one of them is Representative Park Yong-jin, who announced his participation yesterday. Now, his biggest pitch is that it's time to change the generation. Uh, following Park, South Chungcheong Governor Yang Seung-jo will also announce his candidacy this Wednesday. Now, full-time lawmaker Yang will propose his vision for balanced development. Representatives Kim Du-kwan and Lee Gwang-jae haven't made their candidacy clear yet, but are taking small steps as well as former presidential secretary Im Jong-suk, who is expected to make a final decision by the end of this month. Now, former Justice Minister Chu Mie, as well as Kangwon Governor Choi Moon-soon, are also weighing their options. So you got a lot of names here, and some, some of them are quite prominent mm-hmm. uh, names indeed. Pa Yong-jin, a lot of people wondering who this is, um, the guy calling for a res- uh, generational change. Interesting because he's about a 50-year-old person, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe considered a little bit younger than Relatively or at least. Younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but he's also uh, kind of noted for being one of the few ruling party guys who kind of goes against the mm-hmm. orthodoxy of the uh, Democratic Party. And sometimes he even gets complaints from Democratic Party supporters because he is so rebellious uh, to that. And so he's trying to bring in sort of that non-mainstream voice into the scene. And his strategy has been, I'm going to come out early and try to create a name mm-hmm. for myself. And he's really been the first to officially declare the candidacy. Some of these other guys, these governors like Yang Seung-jo or uh, Choi Moon-soon, we'll see how they go, as well as, um, I guess, the interesting potential candidacy of Chumie, the former justice minister, really, if it is um, Yoon Seok-yeol kind of showing a stark contrast, mm-hmm. this is Yoon Seok-yeol, this is Chumie, and that would be um, pretty Uh, clear as to the differences as to what you're going to be voting for and a lot of the other uh, big names like uh, Kim Do-gwan, Lee Gwang-jae and of course uh, the former uh, chief of staff uh, Im Jong-suk. So it's going to be an interesting uh, race uh, but as you say the clear front runner still as of right now Mm -hmm. is the Gyeonggi Governor Lee Jae-myung. So that's still the dynamic as it stands. Let's talk about the prosecution. The independent panel reviewing the validity of the ongoing um, probe into Lee Sung-yoon on charges of abuse of power They're going to convene a session this afternoon, and uh, they're going to. We're all looking for this uh, panel decision. Yes, uh, Lee, chief of the Seoul Central District Prosecutor's Office, is being probed over allegations that he exercised undue influence in 2019 to stop an inquiry into the alleged illegal exit ban imposed on Kim Hagri, former Vice Justice Minister. Lee requested the Supreme Prosecutor's Office that the probe be reviewed by an independent panel of outside experts. The panel comprised of 15 figures from academia, media, civic groups and other various sectors are expected to convene a meeting later today and deliver their decision. Uh, Prosecutors in general believe that Lee will be charged by the prosecution regardless of the panel's decision. In fact, the panel's decision or let's say recommendation has no legal force but if they conclude that the pro is in fact valid, the pressure on Lee to resign will likely grow. So that could be a game changer. It's uncertain as to whether Lee will show up at the review himself, but some believe that he might actually throw a curveball and mm. shake things up. Well, he's not going to be the prosecutor general, so uh, certainly uh, now 
uh, it is an effort to uh, clear up his name with these charges, mm-hmm. which some people feel are spurious. Final story, cryptocurrency, a huge thing always in the headlines right now. And also in the headlines are crypto-related crimes. The, com- the country is planning to strengthen their monitoring system on these so-called phishing websites. Yes. According to the National Police Agency, there have been increasing reports on phishing attempts via text messages that led cryptocurrency users to hand over their exchange IDs and passwords on fake websites designed to steal accounts and account information. According to the police, it found 32 of such phishing websites in the past three months and have blocked them. This is a very very big number considering how the agency only shut down about 41 websites throughout last year. Uh, As a response, the Ministry of Science and ICT said it will strengthen its 24-hour monitoring system so that it can swiftly block such websites when they spot one. They're also going to work with the police that has been uh, uh, cracking down on such websites since March. Uh, As of May 4th, the police have arrested 147 people and have charged five of them for cryptocurrency-related crimes and are currently investigating 21 account theft cases. All right. Well, uh, that is going to be certainly a big concern, but certainly the frenzy to invest in cryptocurrencies uh, remains, and uh, that is uh, something that's shaping up to be an issue for the next presidential mm-hmm. election as well. All right. Uh, a good start to the week as always, Chiyun. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We will talk to you again later on this week. Thank you for having me.